Yo, 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 I am Dustin Mikesell, and this is the Watchmen Inc. Podcast. Are you tired of the deception of the Matrix? Here, we will build a case around God's plan for the mad world, using biblical history and the application of the scriptures to provide hope and truth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's up, everybody? This is the Watchman Inc. Podcast, and here we are again today on this beautiful, glorious day given by God. And as always, joining me is my host, my man, T-Mac. How we doing today, brother? Doing good, doing good. Keeping positive, looking at the positives in life. Like you said, every day is a gift from God. We got great weather here, you know. Complaining has never helped anything. (laughs) <laughs> good weather for for a hot second because dude it went from like 90 degrees here this is this is where we live in in oregon it is the most bipolar state ever like seriously yes <laughs> it went from like 88 90 degrees sweating hot and now it's freezing and i need a sweatshirt on in the morning and in the evening and i'm about to head to a wedding this weekend and it's going to literally drop down to almost 35 degrees it's almost summer <laughs> yeah so like you said, doesn't really affect what I do or what we do. We look at every day, rain, shine, sun, whatever. Each day is truly a blessing from the Lord because you really don't know when you won't get another day. And there's people right now that are unfortunately experiencing that loss. Like your life may be going great. Our lives are going great. Yes, we have trials and tribulations, but just remember there's always loss occurring with somebody, you know, in someone's family, someone's loved one, even animals. My best friend's little kitten just died after I had all my stuff with my cat. His cat ended up getting parvo and dying, which is really sad. So we all are dealing with stuff and that's why this podcast is here to give people hope, but also continue to just wake people up to the truths of what we're all, you know, under each day and the things that we think are innocent and we think are pure or just solely made for our entertainment and it's actually for a deeper agenda and that's ultimately what the mystery schools as we were talking about before is all about is indoctrination through generation not just let's push this on immediately and make the the crowd i mean that's pretty much communism and most people figured out that they don't like that so they've tested and trialed these different types of ways to force people into conforming what they want them to do but humans are very smart and we figure out that we don't like to be forced but when things are done in secret or done nefariously to deceive us that you know we look at the things that we may be thinking are good but the light actually is darkness and that's like matthew 6 that i talk about the darkness sometimes isn't easily seen because satan is an angel of light and we have to understand that in the body of christ the things that we think are dark and that we think are little red horn devil that's just not the way it is and that's the game that's the game they want you to play they want you to think that he's not real that's the greatest trick the devil has pulled don't they say that taylor the greatest trick is that the devil made people believe that he's not real yep the greatest lie he ever told was that he doesn't exist Maybe that's the second one because the first one is still pretty prevalent to his plan today. And that's that you can be God, that we as humans can be God. So, yeah, maybe that's the second 
best lie he's ever said was you can be god but then remember i'm not real <laughs> right but, yeah because it's it's all basically just a, going back to the enlightenment era is believing in spiritual and you know anything that you can't necessarily see and touch and going to believing in science as the ultimate standard of things basically and so it's like if you don't believe in the spiritual then you're you know kind of lost to all of this because it, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus make believe i think that also the problem is is now we can go straight to the bible so everyone listening if you've been following along every episode we're kind of kicking through genesis right now and just trying to set everybody up with the old things that have happened in the old testament and the world and the difference of the our world today and the world back when it began you know like I said we've talked about how people are well obviously the fall of mankind which is that that is the only generational sin that man is under because that literally brought death to mankind and so that's essentially when you hear people talk in the body of christ you know like today that they've got generational curses put on themselves like that's a bunch of that's a bunch of hogwash. Like you can't be cursed generationally anymore with the blood of Christ and the sacrifice. He changed the game. Like when, when Christ died on the cross, you have to remember this new covenant was established. That doesn't mean that the old was destroyed or that it's not important. It just was a way that unfortunately no man could ever like overcome. I mean, that's essentially why Jesus had to come and do what he did because no man would ever be good enough to overcome his transgressions against God. Cause remember you sin one time it's game over that's just the way it is don't blame me or don't at me or taylor go to god with that that's his standard and that's the standard that he holds us to is that if you fall short once you fall into everything like it doesn't matter how great you are so i think with the confusion of why these things are not known or that people don't take the time to study them is because you have to actually now go to the root of when this split of these mystery teachings started and really it happened in Genesis 11. So the flood has already happened. Now we've got Genesis 10 and Noah's descendants and talking about his son, Shem, Ham, the sons and daughters they have. Cause remember the, the whole earth was flooded. And so now they're essentially trying to repopulate and get that bloodline back in action. If you want to, you know, like I said, look at it that way. And so the whole world was speaking one language in the Bible. It says that the world was one universal language. So in Genesis 11, we'll just read real fast. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, let us go build a city and a tower whose top may reach up to heaven and let us make a name lest we be scattered upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the children of men build it. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. They have all one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and therefore confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore, the name of it was called Babel because the Lord did their confound the language of all the earth so boom god is telling us right here in the beginning man has now formed together they have come together under the same idea that they can be god that they can build this tower and be like god and pretty much 
I am not needed in any part of their plan anymore because they have figured out all of these things, all of these technologies, how to build. You know, that's why the Freemasons, they ultimately call themselves the builders, the G-men, because they are the cornerstone to this mystery school. And like the Freemasons are not like this. They just take from this time in ancient Babylon. So that's the city that God is talking about here now, which we've been exposing. Mankind is trying to establish a new one world order in a way. Like I said, it's not the new world order, but it's in a way organized religion that God said they will do anything that they put their minds to now that now that they know. So let us go down and let's mix up the language. So they went in all speaking one language to the tower and talking about their plans for the city. And then they came out and they looked at each other and all of a sudden they look, they were speaking gibberish because God literally confused their mouths with opposite language you know those times when we were talking in the past about stopping and like thinking for a second what that really means like can you imagine me and you just sitting here talking right now and then just all of a sudden we take a quick break or something we come back and we can't understand each other like how wild would that have been oh yeah just utter confusion at that point just trying to communicate with somebody that you were just working with. And then all of a sudden you can't speak the same language. You can't because anybody who's experienced a language barrier conversation and how difficult that is, you know, being somewhere when someone's speaking a different language and you're trying to keep up with the conversation, but it's just helpless. Yeah. That would stop production real quick. So with that, you just got my mind thinking with that, they're confused. They're very, they're probably scared. They're trying to figure out, all right, I can't even communicate with my friend, my worker or whatever. What are we going to do? Now we've got language that was advancing through civilization, it seems, and they were creating work, you know, whatever that language was. Symbolism obviously was still ruling, but I think this is now the point where humans went back to kind of that root. Like, how do we communicate really easy? Symbols. You know, yeah, it's the oldest language in the world. Exactly. Any written characters or anything like that. It was all symbols. That language never died out. That's the thing people fail to recognize is that that language, the mystery religion being the ones that really kept that language alive is the language that started from the beginning. Yes. So we see that right here. I I think that because God confused them with their language, they just went back to the root of how they could effectively and efficiently speak to each other. And that was through symbolism. Okay. So now they've got this idea that they can be God. They don't have any idea how to now convey that, that reflection or that epiphany, whatever it is to, to each other. So now they use the one eye symbol because they understand that's the consciousness. They're like, okay, we're going to make this the universal symbol for consciousness. So when everybody sees the one eye on the dollar bill or in whatever it is, it's a representation of the consciousness, the pineal gland. And that's, man, it's well, yeah, dangerous. It's, it's dangerous it's, introducing these types of things because the pineal gland alone is its own. The pineal gland is actually another representation of it is the pine cone. Yes. And if you look at the staff of the Pope, it has the pine cone on there. That pine cone shows up in a lot of different areas. And even ancient symbolism, when you start looking at ancient civilizations and like the way they would depict these 
these like god looking creatures they like i said they look like giants they look alien almost they don't even look human and yeah they're holding like staffs that have pine cones or they've got big they've got literally just big golden towers of pine cones like it is absolutely amazing when you really start looking into his the history of the pine cone and what it actually means and so see that's kind of why this these mystery schools are able to be so sly is because they use nature because they understand the vibrations and the frequency and all that from nature so this is where they get a lot of their like arc architect and their like design is they just know the frequency patterns you can do to test frequency vibration is like go to youtube and just look up frequency vibration test shape changes you can literally turn the frequency up down and it takes all this sand on the table where the the noise is generating radio wave and yeah, it I've starts it changing before. yeah it just mm -hmm. starts changing like it looks like a kaleidoscope almost like every frequency high low whatever it literally shifts the sand or these particles into certain formations and it is absolutely mind-blowing because it's almost well, like and if you look at a lot of the shapes that it's making, it's all very similar shapes that the secret societies use. <laughs> Triangles, hexagrams, mm -hmm. like so they understand well, even the, the symbol used by Target, the circumpunk. That's one of the oldest symbols there is. Yes. And it is absolutely insane to think that our modern day societies are literally just engaged in old archaic language and we say that that stuff has nothing to do with our our future or with has any relevance today but we, you just all you have to do is look at all these 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 companies logos and you will instantly see that well they are and there's pulling. a phrase for those people yeah the people that make those statements of oh those have no meaning blah 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 those are called the profane by the secret societies those people are just sheep or another word they use is goyim, which is Jewish for cattle. Those people are blind to all of this stuff. And the secret societies use those people because they can influence people to second guess what they're trying to think about. It's like, oh, this looks pretty legit information. But if you have a majority of people trying to tell you that, oh, it, this doesn't mean anything, then you start to second guess yourself. Exactly. And, you know, there's plenty of books and articles like these guys, oh, yeah. while, they're, while they're trying to be secret about it, they, they want as many people to join this movement as possible because this is how they get their agenda done and how just like God uses the body of Christ to push the gospel and to make sure that we are part of his plan to push his word, you know, like the Bible. These people, they follow Satan. And what do you think he's got the plan of? He needs people to push his agenda, his his religion, his new age, new world order, his beast system where you think that you're all free, love, peace, love, happiness. But it's really death, destruction and control. Like that's ultimately what Satan wants from free, this free love consciousness remember we told you that word consciousness you need to be careful when you hear that word used in anything because it's probably got a deeper esoteric tie to these things than you understand if you're not fully prepared to hear the verbiage that they're using and whatever it is they're presenting with that language so i have this article i'd actually like to read real fast so just kind of give a brief because when i say mystery schools i think people are just like what mystery school like what you know what i mean i don't think they have any idea what mystery school even means and 
I just Googled in the secrets of the mystery school. Like it's that easy to find if you really want to look into it and be careful when you do that stuff too, because Google's going to give you the first and best article to make you feel like this is really good and positive or like not nefarious. Isn't necessarily it's corporate pushed. Yes. That's what I meant. Like the best to get people influenced in the way they want them to read about Mm -hmm. the mystery schools and not, of course, when I type in the mystery schools, the first thing to not pop up is bill Cooper. (laughs) Right. So that's what I'm, that's what we're talking about. All right. So from this website, Edgar K K S a dot R E your mind, body and spirit resource since 1931. All right. This is a website with, and it's got a dove with a globe on it, which is really interesting because the dove is a representation of peace and enlightenment. Because when Jesus got baptized by John, the Baptist, what happened? He had a dove fall upon his head that was witnessed by everybody. And then God literally spoke and said, this is my son who I am well pleased. You, you know what I mean? So, well, there was a dove with Noah too. The dove was the one oh, that came back came- and brought the branch. Yes, but I mean, like, I'm just talking like that enlightenment, like, fell upon, like, when Jesus was baptized, that dove fell upon him, and it was witness. And so I think that's why they're using the dove is because like, like, like Taylor just said, it represents peace, and it represents Jesus, and the covenant that he's coming to do, but they want you under their dove of covenant. And that's why literally the symbol is a world with a dove. All right. So that alone already makes me, you know, see that this is an interesting website and what they're pushing. This was written on July 12, 2019. So it's pretty relevant. It's not too old, you know, with whoever wrote this and what they want you to understand about the secrets of the mystery school. So this isn't what I think. This is just, I'm telling you, like when people that don't have Christ or don't understand these things that we're trying to reveal right now, and somebody comes along and tells them like that they can unlock this new charismatic, you know, effect in their life and they can be prosperous. You know, it's it's pretty much prosperity teaching. You know what I mean? Like you gain this wisdom and enlightenment to gain more power and understanding. Yeah. It's the new age teaching that what we think manifests in our world. I don't, if you've ever heard of the book, the secret, did you ever see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have. Yeah. If you think about something enough, you're going to manifest it into your life. And who who was the fair and the ones that say that are usually Freemason. So if you hear a pastor or like some teacher talking about manifestation with their preaching, um, test test the rest of whatever they say very very heavily because that alone should should raise a red flag. Because Jesus said that we'd suffer on this earth. Jesus never said that we'd be prosperous and that we'd be rich and famous and have great honor and glory. Yes, in His eyes, when we worship Him and are obedient to Him and the Father, and you know God will be honored in heaven. But here on earth, Jesus doesn't promise nothing. He doesn't promise no peace, no prosperity. He says he actually comes to bring division. So I really think that people don't understand actually what Jesus was saying because they don't read their Bible. So when they say, God wants this for my life, he wants me to be rich. Well, he wants you to have anything and everything, but he wants your obedience and your worship first. Remember the first commandment with Jesus in the new covenant Love the Lord your God first, the first commandment, and then love thy neighbor, which means to tell them about Christ and the Lord. You know, it's not necessarily love them because they hate God. It's love them by telling them about Christ. You know, that's our covenant. And that's our that's the thing that we live under now. The law was fulfilled by Jesus, but Jesus said the law is still relevant. But with me, 
you need to understand that it's me that is the law, you know? And so, and the peace piece that they're thinking of is the, or at least that the Bible's talking about is the piece of having the world crumble all around you and not having to worry about it because you know that in the end, this life is a vapor. It talks about it's a breath, but eternal life. We kind of talked about it in the last one of not worrying about the person that can destroy the body, but the one that can destroy the soul and, you know, controls eternal life. And that peace is knowing that, yeah, this life, it whether good, bad, ugly, it's going to end at some point. But what really matters is that eternal life and the judgment that comes after this. But once yes. again, if you don't believe in the spiritual world, you just think that's all make-believe. And that is sad because you're under spiritual deception. That's why God says that this is a spiritual war. This isn't something that we're fighting mm-hmm. flesh and blood. Somebody's not going to come there and tell you, hey, you not believing in the spirit realm is going to damn you to hell or you know, keep you from understanding the truth on this earth. Like, no, Satan, like we said right in the beginning of the podcast, his best trick is to get people to say, that's all make believe and fiction. That's why he. That's why these <laughs> these scholars created two two sets of uh, type of reading material: fiction and nonfiction. And sometimes I wonder what the fiction actually is truth is compared to the nonfiction. You know, you know what I mean? It's it's very interesting who creates these um, categories and how how they you know think so. Just to get into it, because like I said, we talk about mystery school. We people are probably understanding it's the Freemasons, Illuminati, Knights Templar, Rosicrucian, Rosicrucian, Gnostic. Gnostic. There's so many like branches to this tree, but this is like the genesis. What we were just talking about, like this is the religion that God had to literally create a conformed language, you know, to stop mm-hmm. from spreading so quickly. Yeah. It's still spread because like we said, they went to their base root of what they, you know, the, and Satan smart. He knew that God wouldn't just make this an easy fight, you know? And it's, it's quite interesting. This war that really is going on between God and Satan and the deception that God is trying to wake us up from, but Satan's trying to put us into. And that's why you have to understand he is an angel of light. So he is not going to come to you as the evil one. He's going to come to you as a beautiful, loving looking thing, just like Jesus almost looks like Jesus, but he is not. So with this uh, article, it says, the first quote is, I cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think was the philosophical statement of Socrates in many ways. The thoughts of Socrates parallel mystery school teachings include the most well-known quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. There is no clear record that Socrates was a part of the mystery schools, which, you know, we can look at his philosophy and things that he pulled from these things and thinking in his books. And I'm going to, I'm going to assume that he was actually a part of a mystery school, but you know, that's what these men were doing was trying to be great teachers. And and they were appointed to these positions because of their understanding of things. So they, it's not like they were dumb. I'm not sitting here saying Socrates was dumb. No, all of these philosophers were smart, but why were they smart and where did they get this knowledge? Well, this is the mystery school stuff, but the mystery temple philosophies were said to have inspired the rise of the 
through the rise in the Greek empire as temple life was something every Greek participated in in some level, including rituals on holidays, sacred ceremonies, and even the occasional trek to see an oracle for guidance. One of the most famous was the Temple of Delphi, the most famous oracle, esoteric inscribed above the temple door, know thyself was a mental reminder reminder to those who entered the temple of the first lesson of each mystery school student endeavored to answer who am i and why am i here sacred symbols of the mystery schools teaching remain in the locations around the world the most famous are found in the temples of ancient egypt including karnak the divine energy of the goddess sekhmet is still felt today by those who visit there and many come away with stories of profound experiences while entering her temple. How are wisdom teachings shared? The teachings of the mystery schools are referred to as wisdom, enlightenment, and esoteric teachings and have been shared throughout many ages of humanity, carefully crafted with the teachings that are taught esoterically to the masses in parables and esoterically to those who are ready to look deeper within their soul. Each lesson is a ritualistic experience. It is first introduced into the mind, then experienced through the heart, and eventually becomes part of the soul, carried forth from one lifetime to the next. It could be more accurate accurately described to say that the teachings are absorbed within to gain new life rather than to commit a rote memory just add in something well since we're trying to explain stuff another word people might be wondering what the heck it means esoteric so there's two basically root words of that or two forms of it esoteric meaning the hidden meaning and exoteric meaning like the outer kind of like exterior meaning of something. So when we watch these movies, a lot of people are watching and they're getting the exoteric meaning of it. And the secret societies or people who know what symbolism is and things like that, they're getting more of the esoteric meaning. So you can literally have two meanings in one film or reading or anything like that. That's the duality, the light mm-hmm. and the dark, as above, so below. So that's exactly right, Taylor. You need to understand that just because you're watching a film and it's showing you something, they're giving you the physical, like Taylor said, outward appearance of what they're trying to project. But there is also an inward projection, like Bill Cooper was talking about with Space Odyssey 2001. Mm-hmm. It looks like a silly movie on the outer surface that is literally trying to teach evolution and science and the like dawn of man and how we you know evolved from apes and then became men and became smart and understood that we were a part of creation and not just this random it's like that was the message to the deeper people that you are no longer a monkey in the jungle you have been enlightened with the truth you are now like god you know so that message was being conveyed at the same time of saying look man evolved from monkeys and we you know got to the point we got to because of science and evolution so see they've got two messages of what they believe is truth but on a deeper level people understand oh this is talking about my journey as a man and where i'm coming to in the like philosophy of this to other people that just see oh yeah man is always ready to evolve to the next stage at some point in time and so yeah as this article is sitting here reading it says it's carefully crafted in parables. Why would uh, these mystery schools use parables like Jesus? Why did Jesus speak in parables, Taylor? Well, Jesus used parables because when you're trying to explain something of a heavenly or spiritual nature, once again, 
we have no concept of that. So we have to use something that we'll relate to. So he used parables of human stories and conditions. That way we could, he could somewhat try to relay the message that he's trying to tell people. Okay, so now, boom, boom, you answered my question because you understand the scriptures and you understand why Jesus is God and had to speak to us in parables. Well, these people understand that God spoke in parables, so they need to speak in parables as well because if they tried to tell people about the, you know, you got to do this and that to have a, a spirit manifest, most people will have no idea what you're talking about. But once you start teaching them that you are the the like initiation to that manifestation and you're the one pushing this enlightenment and that like acceptance of these now spirits to come and enlighten you, now you can unlock things. Okay. So that's well, why and, they're using parables is because they want you to unlock mysteries. Yes. And for people that think, you know, Matthew 13, 10 through 17 is, is where I get that, you know, information. It says the disciples came and said unto him, being Jesus, why speakest thou unto them in parables? This is KJV. And he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, which is interesting, but to them it is not given for whosoever hath, it shall be given and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever has not, it shall be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables. Exactly. And they're taking the philosophy of Jesus because Jesus is the master teacher. He is God. He is the one, the ultimate authority. And the question for when Jesus came here from all the religious and, and you know, people that were looking for the Messiah and the Christ, they were questioning and wanting to know from Jesus, who are you and why are you here? And that's Jesus teaching people, who am I and why am I here? So see, they're trying to tell you that think like God, okay? Who am I and why am I here? That's the first lesson in each mystery school student's endeavor is to answer the question, who am I and why am I here? Ah, isn't that just like the, the typical life, you know, the, 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 the question of life when a kid goes, mom, where did we come? You know, like everybody wonders exactly how it all got started. And so see these mystery schools, the first thing they want you to understand is who are you to the whole purpose? Who, what, and what is your purpose? Like, well, I can tell you that question. If I was to go into one of these mystery schools and they and they asked me this question, who am I and why am I here? I'd say, I'm Dustin Mikesell. I'm a sinner who has fallen short of the glory of God. And why am I here? To expose you and tell you the same because you are not God and you will die. That's essentially what you need to understand with that question is that they're trying to tell you that you can go beyond the physical and that that's this lifetime like renewal of the spirit and this reincarnation that occurs from these like false religions and false teachings. And so they get people believing, Oh, well, kind of like with karma and Hinduism with reincarnation, if I mess up this time or I don't get the teaching or I don't get the understanding on, on the first try, the next try, I might, I may gain deeper understanding and then you just get to keep trying and trying. And so there's literally people that believe that they're like a person that lived, you know, thousands of years ago and they're the reincarnated soul of them. Like it is absolutely insane to think that people really believe that. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because on one hand you have people that don't believe in spiritual, you know, stuff at all. And then you have the people that believe that you're reincarnated and come back as a bug if you weren't very good or you come back <laughs> as this or that. And it's just, 
Only you to get, get the smashed. full spectrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only to get smashed by a car uh, flying flying across the street. You know. Well, yeah, once you've reached great. a bug, too, like or I guess I've never thought about the morality of an insect. Is there good insects and bad insects? Because how do you, if you've reached all the way down there, how do you exactly do you work your way up from being a bug? Well, if you're a mosquito, then yeah, you're evil. (laughs) (laughs) None of us like mosquitoes because they bite and they live. I seriously wonder that sometimes. I know they have a purpose. Everything has a purpose in God's plan. But I'm like, mosquitoes, God, really? Like they just bite you. They literally do nothing for me. So yeah, if you come back as a mosquito, you probably didn't have a very good life before. But yeah, we don't believe that crap because we believe that you get one chance at this life game and it's fragile. That's why, I mean, when you become a parent, your sole focus, like me right now with two small children, your sole focus becomes on taking care of that child because they are so helpless, so useless that they will not survive without your everything that you do for them, literally everything. And that's why we were saying in the last episode, having good parents or people that care about you and want to help you progress in life and take care of you and help you grow and help show you the light and the trueness of God. Seriously, count your blessings that you have people that care that about that much because they, in a way, have understand the game of life. When somebody, you know, when a lot of people, when they say, oh, my parents are super religious, I get it. Some families go a little too hard and they pr- pressure too much with the theology and and the religious side of Christianity or whatever it is, instead of the love and the grace and just trying to show them the lifestyle that Christ is all about. And that's not necessarily that you got to just go to church to be a good person and show that God that you love him. Like it's reading your Bible, loving your neighbor, you know, and then as kids, you, you start to understand, oh, my parents really aren't out here to just make my life really hard. They actually really care about me and they're trying to teach me and they're trying to unlock the worlds, not mysteries, but like they have experience. You see, when with experience, like in anything in life, you now become a master or you become more proficient in how to uh, navigate through those experiences. So that's why when you're young, you know, they tell you, oh, wait till you get older. You'll, you'll think so much differently than when, you know, I when I was 21, even now, 10 years later, oh my gosh, I am so different because of my life experiences. And so that's what ultimately they get these people with in these like mystery schools is this is just part of the life experience of your unlocking of enlightenment and learning and whatever aspect they get you into that teaching, whether that be movie, film, book, whatever. Once they get you into this mindset, you all of a sudden are ingrained into this lifestyle of free spirit, love, happiness. And it's one of the darkest paths to go down because you now begin to think that Christ and every religion is just a tool to control your spirituality. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to recruiting, if you if you're in a lodge or you're in meeting with one of these members and they start telling you that they're in control of basically modern society and they start showing you all these symbols. And even if you've seen them before, if you have somebody who's in a part of it and they're showing you and they start telling you and all this stuff that you thought was just a conspiracy theory. And now all of a sudden you start realizing and thinking that maybe all of this is true. Think about what kind of how enticing that's going to be and how intriguing it is to want to be to join those things, especially when you don't know about the darker secrets that they're hiding from you at the lower levels. All you're going to think about is, wow, these people have been in charge for, you know, years and years. And now all of a sudden they're trying to get me a part of it. That's going to get you 
intrigued. Everyone likes being recruited and everyone likes being trying to be brought into something big. And if you don't have the truth of the Bible, what are you going to, you know, what's going to be holding you back from wanting to join and be a part of something like this, especially when they're offering all the worldly pleasures that you can imagine. Well, just what Taylor said, they want to recruit you and they want to entice you with the, it's like throwing a carrot in front of your, you know, it's like throwing a dollar bill on a fishing pole and saying, Hey, look, 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 like it's free. You don't see the string attached to it, but we're just going to keep tugging it along and keep you chasing. Cause you think that you're going to get some great benefit by the end of the chase, but that's where you get caught into the snare at the end. And they lead you into the dark tunnel, the rabbit hole. And now all of a sudden you're in this consciousness activation universal energy so literally I, my eyes went straight to this part when you got done talking about it and it says when we activate our consciousness we become magical beings and can harness the energy <laughs> when the higher consciousness is activated the universal energy becomes aware of our presence and engages with us during this awakening a series of alchemy alchemical Changes occur, opening the physical and the auroric body to receive an energetic transformation and information download. Energy is now directed around the person, enhancing the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. Prior to this exchange, the heart, body, mind may have only perceived or been able to hold a small amount of the energy in this aura. Their new connection now expands the aura so that it can receive a, and store more light energy, working as both a containment unit and an energy source source this leads to a profound awakening for the student that is as timeless and as relevant and as life-altering today as it was in the sacred temples of egypt wow that article mm -hmm. is just straight up telling you can be god and you need to unlock the next levels of, of this spiritual cup or something like your cup's not full enough to hold this light but once you understand that the universe is communicating you to you through all these different scenarios or things now once you've connected to that light your mind expands and now your consciousness expands and you can hold more light like what a crock well it is but it's like kind of dressed in a half truth because right that's our the, body that's is scary. spiritual vessels yes you know and it's like if as a Christian, especially when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we now have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us, which gives us the real truth and the ability to understand the spiritual. But if we don't ask for the Holy Spirit and we're asking for quote unquote light, which this article is talking about, we have no idea what kind of spirit we're trying to get us to fill us and bring us this new consciousness that they're talking about. And we are a vessel. So if we open ourselves up to it, there's been many people that, you know, as not to get too deep into it, but with the mystery schools and rock and roll, ACDC, uh, Santana, Beyonce, all these different performers, Bob Dylan, you know, Bob Dylan, you hear about, Oh, they're channeling their inner this or that. Well, they actually are channeling spirits, you know, They've literally said the ACDC guitarist, I, his name bon slips Scott. my mind. Angus um, Young. It's Angus yeah, Young. Yeah, Angus, Angus Young. Sorry about Angus Young would literally said he would go on demon rides when he was on stage because he would be possessed. Isn't it interesting, too? He wears a schoolboy uniform. Like, he wears the uniform to show that he's a student. 
a student of what you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. that's part of the show see he's showing i am a student to this thing that i am singing about or he's not the singer but he is they get it sounds crazy it sounds like a, it sounds like a movie that's why they've put it in movies and made it sound like fiction is because when you tell somebody oh you can be you can be demonically possessed and like gain powers or like gain understanding on a deeper level people go that's that's not possible but it is right. because the jesus literally was casting out demons from people there were some people that had multiple spirits in them yep. they didn't just have one they had legion. multiple legion exactly so you as a human like Taylor just said, our bodies are full of energy, full of neurons and connections. And it's a spiritual also aspect and plane that we don't understand. Hence the parable of Jesus being like, you know, if you understand what I'm talking about, the mind, body, soul, it's all connected. I'm connected. You're, we all are connected. Everything is connected. But there is this division in connecting with free will and righteousness and sin. And that's where the mystery schools will never t- tell you about is that everything's connected, but there's a disconnect between sin and God and righteousness. And they don't look at that at bad works or anything that what Jesus did as sin. They're just blending it all together to make you feel good so that when you're on your spiritual journey with them through this teaching or through this mystery school, you won't feel bad about things that happen or that you do bad because you're just like, it's part of the experience. Like it's part of the expansion of consciousness. And that's ultimately, I think why some of these people can do as perverted things as they do. They literally let their minds go to that place of like, okay, I'll do this bad stuff now, but next time around I'll be better. You you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's that charismatic effect. And that's ultimately, it's called the Hegelian dialect. That is a, a huge part of these people's religion is telling you truth but it is also a lie. But the, the fact that they told you in some form now lets them off the hook with like this charismatic effect on their life that they're not deceiving you anymore when they told you what they're doing through whatever, whatever form of energy yeah, or whatever. Karma, yeah. Yeah. That's the karma. So that's why they do these things. And why, so when people are like, why would the Illuminati use the one eye and why would it be so obvious? Like in your face, wouldn't somebody that's a secret society try to hide all that stuff? Well, yeah, they did until society started seeing that they were doing ritual sacrifices. And then the Illuminati literally had to go underground and start their practices because, yeah, mankind was like, no, no, we don't like these uh, fraternities and these brotherhoods starting. So, yeah, they had to take it underground. But wouldn't it be more obvious to just put it right in your face and then say it's not what it is? I was going to say that saying of, well, why would they do that? You know, why would they be out in plain daylight? That's exactly like the whole devil thing, and the devil is a lie. If you can get people to believe that it doesn't exist and it's not real, then you can be right in front of them, and people won't believe it. I mean, Jesus is, sitting control. There, Jesus is sitting there healing people, people that have been blind their whole life, or people that have had disease, and even people that died. People think that Jesus was the first one raised from the dead. There's actually a couple people that got raised before him, even. Like, Lazarus was raised from the dead, mm-hmm. and then um, wasn't one of the soldiers or something. Uh, his daughter, was she was she was dead from a sickness, and he said she's she'll be awake or she'll be she'll be alive yeah i don't know if it was a soldier or if it was um some kind of like politician type of dude 
Yeah, it was somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was somebody that wasn't like a religious person. They were just no. a person. They were just a man that was in, exactly in politics or the army, something. He was he was some somewhere along that lines, and he just came to Jesus and he's like, "I hear what you are, and I believe that you can do what you can do." And Jesus just kind of like looking at him at first, being like, "Do you really believe it?" And he goes, "Honestly, I believe." whatever I, I can believe to have my daughter be, you know, healed from the sickness. And he said, yeah, she'll be restored. And then actually I just got done reading um, Kings. I just got out of Kings. Jesus, uh, God brought somebody back from the dead too in the old Testament. Well, before Jesus. So Jesus is sitting there bringing people back from the dead. It's being witnessed like thousands of people. And the only main difference between those is those people died again. And exactly. Jesus well, is still he, alive today exactly okay so god can literally bring you out of death into life and that's essentially what he did on the cross is he's bringing you from death spiritual death Mm -hmm. the death that none of us will escape the judgment of god into eternal life with his light and his love and that's why we are covered by the blood okay so when you understand that jesus is the living god the living water the living bread don't go after stuff that literally will never make you full. Go after him. He is the thing that completes this circle of, of creation. When you connect to him, now you are connected to the source. And that is what Satan doesn't want you doing. He does not want you connecting to the source because then you have power. You can cast devils out with the name of Jesus, with the power of his name. He's given us so much thing. I just posted it on my Instagram. If you literally had the faith of a mustard seed, Jesus said you could tell a mountain, go and move like i think that had a deeper meaning to it as well like just the trials and tribulations we may see in our life that we can overcome anything with god but i think he literally meant what he meant that if we truly had the faith that we like are are really able to tap into and the energy and the power that god can provide to us with that faith we could literally move mountains bro we could physically move things manipulate things and that kind of gets my mind thinking that maybe these ancient religions and that's how they got a lot of these civilizations built is they knew how to manipulate energy and and force you know that's why like star wars it's so centered around the force and well i was just gonna say that because i yes in one of the classes i talked about the speech that Yoda, when Yoda's teaching Luke and he's teaching him the force and they're trying to bring up the X-Wing out of the water and just there's like a four minute clip of them talking and it's really crazy. There's a lot of crazy things with Star Wars, you know. Yeah, Anakin we can definitely get and, into that. Yeah, yes. Anakin having no father and just being born by the force and the midichlorians and yeah the midichlorian chosen one and all this kind of stuff and there's definitely a lot of symbolism well bill cooper talks about it is they think the mystery religions and schools think that christianity is a perversion of their truth and that's what the mystery religion really teaches to all their people is that the bible is a perversion of the truth. The Gnostics, which that is the G in Freemasons, a lot of people believe that that's what the G stands for. They believe that the God of the Bible is this old man, you know, with the beard and all this kind of stuff. And he's a vindictive God. And there's actually a God above him. And that basically the the God of that, that's kind of the duality thing of, black versus white and good versus evil and all this kind of stuff. But 
yeah, the speech with Yoda, he talks about Luke, Luke can't do it. And he's like, it's impossible. I can't do it. And Yoda says, and that's why you don't. And it kind of goes back to the whole faith thing. He doesn't believe that he can do it. You know, even if we want to say we can do it, I know I can do it. I can, you know, try to convince ourselves. That's not faith. You know, no. you truly believing that you can do something is, is, you know, it's unmeasurable. You can't measure it. You can't calculate it. And, and that's why, unfortunately, you know, we don't do those things. And I think about the, the new Testament and all the apostles and, and why they were able to do stuff like cast out demons and heal people and stuff. I think a lot of it came from seeing Jesus do it. Yes. Which gave him the faith to, whoa. And if you trust what Jesus is saying, and he's saying, I'm going to give you the same ability to be able to do this stuff. And you see him doing it right in front of you. And it's not a parlor trick. It's going to give you a lot of confidence and faith that, hey, maybe I can actually do this. Well, what's amazing is that's why I think that the mystery schools use science and quote unquote evolution to say that we came from monkeys, because when you have a child, especially, you know, young one like me, it really is the the case of monkey see monkey do like we are creatures of visual like learning in the sense of what they say, like 90 five percent of people learn the best by visually seeing you know like you can somebody could be sitting here listening to me and taylor right now and yeah they may gain all the understanding and hear it and like be able to intake it but most people need that visual representation to really understand and see oh this is how it works or oh this is what's going on i mean like sports i, I never if you would have given me a booklet and told me how to catch a ball i would have never been able to catch a ball but as soon as you know i just see it and be like oh that's what you do boom now you are able to replicate that and and master that so like you said these people are walking with jesus they see how he's doing it they see what what it takes deep prayer uh connection with god that is literally fasting. like here fasting exactly like it's not just walking around and telling people about jesus yes that is the grace and the beauty of preaching the gospel it doesn't take much to do it but if you really want to get into being a healer a teacher a prophet whatever you read about them in their lives. They committed themselves to fully to God. Most of these men didn't even get married because mm-hmm. they they didn't have time for the whole. Because that's the thing. If well, you and they're family, societal outcasts, and, 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 you know exactly. So, um, I think a good introduction to get into the next because we're already you know clicking along here. Tubal King and why he's an important figure in Freemasonry. Why the the mystery schools teach about him so heavily and that kind of goes back to Cain and Abel you know like Tubal Cain wasn't Cain but that name and that he was that the son kind of, of Cain yeah he's the son so but he's the one when things started getting real crazy all right so yeah let's hear about Tubal Cain but this is this is years and years worth of well thousands of years worth of learning from what these people believe as we read in genesis we're trying to take all these ancient civilizations texts and readings and teachings and and uh, documentations and you're trying to piece them together to understand what exactly is going on and that's why the bible really does help sum it up the easiest being like most of it is perverted 
Christianity, and that, but they believe that Christianity is the perversion of what their truth is. You see, so that's the battle. So let's read about Genesis and Tubal Cain. This is here to teach you guys words, information, give you the understanding that this is what people believe. This isn't what me and Taylor believe. We're just trying to tell you that just like us following the Bible in Christ and how we are, you know, committed to the doctrine of Christianity and its teaching. The people on this side of the spectrum are committed to this stuff. They are committed. And it really should give more validity to the Bible because if the mystery schools are basing a lot on their stuff on the Bible and they don't even believe that the Bible is true, why would you do that? You know, it kind of makes you think about just the Bible in general and how much information it gives and really unlocks the truth of the world as it is today. But just to get into it, Genesis 4.19, it talks about Lemek, who was one of uh, Cain's sons. So in 17, I'll jump back. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, Irad, the father of Mahujael, Mahujael, the son of Methushael, and then Methushael was the father of Lemek. So this is like a great, great grandkid. And Lemek married two women, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, and he was the father of those who lived in tents and raised livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, who was the father of all who placed stringed instruments and pipes. Zilla also had a son, Tubal-Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron, right? So there you go with the builders of society, Tubal-Cain being a huge part of Freemasonry who calls them the builders of society. And he was the one who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. And we don't have time, but got to remember too, as it said that Enoch there's two Enochs in the Bible. Yes. I think that the body of Christ doesn't also understand that. And a lot of people knock the Bible and knock the translators of the Bible because they left out the book of Enoch. And I don't want to get into this right now, but there's a reason that it got left out is because the validity of that book couldn't be put into the canon of the scriptures because you got to remember the scriptures were written over different time periods by different men. And a lot of the things are cross references, prophecies, things that were told at different times, but then also come back and that are, are fulfilled. Enoch was a good man because he's actually the first translated man in, in on the earth. When you read in Genesis, it talks about how everybody lived, what age they lived to, and then what age they died. Well, for some reason, this guy Enoch on, on the good side of Adam's seed on Adam's yeah, from side, Seth's from Seth's lineage, exactly. It says that he lived with God and walked, but he was translated like he didn't die. So what do we have the rapture right here in Genesis? You know what I mean? Like the first man on, on earth that was essentially taken from from death. And we don't well, we we don't know. Yeah. Going back to the whole validity of the Bible and taking stuff out and things like that, when they would write these scrolls, I was listening about this and researching about it. They would literally write out every single word. And if they messed up and made one typo, they would have to go back and start over 
And that's how legitimate the Bible scrolls are. There is not one mistake in any of it when they were copying it. They would literally have to write it down word for word. And if they made one mistake, there's no whiteout back in the day. They're not scribbling it out and putting another word. They have to start back from the very beginning. Can you imagine being on that very end of the scroll and you make a mistake because you're tired and you've been writing for so long and then all of a sudden you have to start over? The Unfortunately, the book of Enoch doesn't have that same kind of legitimacy to it. And so if God's word is infallible and there's questions about something, then it's not going to be in there. I believe, I really believe that it does give us a lot of insight same. into that kind of thing. But yeah, and it's not really, it has nothing to do with vital. Yeah. It's not vital to the gospel. But I, when it says, you know, seek and you will find and all these types of things, I think it can give more understanding to what, you know, times were like in the times of Noah. Just like we read books or we read philosophers, you know, understanding things. It's not because we quote unquote take that as doctrine, but it helps b- provide validity to whatever. Yeah. Perspective. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, you know, humans are going to always find quarrels to find with history or truth. They're going to always find a, somewhere to say, well, what about this time? Well, of course, there's always going to be corruption in man. That's why we're trying to tell you you need God because mm-hmm. man is always going to try to twist the truth just to benefit him. Well, and yeah, the history is written with the blood of the losers, right? It's amazing how <laughs> yes. throughout history, oh, mo- a majority of the time, the good guys just happened to win and they conquered all these evil people. We have no way of proving that. It's just whoever won the battle got to right what was happening and of course they're going to make themselves look like the good guys and thankfully god was behind a lot of those battles that's why they're in the old testament when he's telling david hey go slay the canaanites and go go to this town and destroy them because god is trying to make his footprint and say i want all the generations after this time to understand that I only needed a few hundred men to go destroy thousands of people, thousands. That's what's really crazy when you read about the men of God that had to like go to war and, you know, fight these perverse tribes and nations is that God's hand was behind them. So, of course, they weren't going to lose. But sometimes it was just amazing to be like, David, take 200 of your guys and go slay 4,000. It's like, wait, what? Like, that makes no sense. Like (laughs) how they were able to win. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when you think of numbers, but. This isn't a numbers game with God. He is number one. And that's why the number one selling book today in our society and world still today is the Bible. So if you don't think God knows how to keep his top spot, then you, you're definitely putting God in a box that um, he doesn't deserve to be in. And that's ultimately why we have faith in him and why we don't even need to see him because we see the things that he's done in history when you actually start to study and take the things on a deeper level. God's hand is all over us, even being at this point and where we're at today and his grace and his love. Because realistically, like we said, we shouldn't even be here talking right now, Taylor. God could have just wiped us all out at the flood and said, I want to restart, like fully restart. But that wasn't the plan. The plan was just, all right, I need to intervene because humans have the power to essentially destroy their blood and their DNA and kill themselves. And I love them so much that I need to provide an easy route. 
to, to get back to me. I mean, like any parent, you know, if you have a, if you love your child and they abandon you and they're off doing drugs in the street, are you not trying to do everything in your power to get them back to the home and to take care of them and show them that life is just leading toward, towards death and destruction? I mean, that's what any good parent should be wanting to do if their child's engaged, you know, in that type of lifestyle. You know, most good parents want to get their kid back home safe, no matter what the cost, you know? I truly believe that because as a parent, I mean, with my own kids, they're obviously not at that point. But if my kids were ever in a situation where I had to sacrifice almost anything, I, I would do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what happens, unfortunately, is the parents try, but then those kids, they reject the parents. And, exactly. And, and that's can't. what happens with us and God, you know, God exactly. is trying and they He's reject trying. and they reject. And if you think about the prodigal son, God is gives us free will. And so eventually it's just like, okay, you want your inheritance? You want to go do these things? Go do it. And it's your free will to do that. And he's always waiting and he's looking for us to come back. And as a parent who has a child, eventually you're going to get to that same point where you try, but eventually it just pushes the kid away more and more. And so you can you don't give up on them, but all you have to wait, which is the hardest right. thing to do. Nobody yes. likes to wait. Waiting is horrible when you feel powerless to be able to do anything. And thank God he does wait because oh, he yeah. doesn't he need to wait. On this. He doesn't need to wait. And I think that's why, you know, right now is such an important time for this movement of Watchman Inc. and Ezekiel 33 to be so relevant in these quote unquote end times. God's waiting to bring the end. He does not want it to come because he knows that when he initiates that period on the earth, it's unlike any period that's ever hit the earth. And that's why he gave us the revelation to John on the island of Patmos for the future is because he wanted to warn us. He cares about us. He loves us. He said, I have to put a stop to it at some point. I have to completely intervene and take back what ultimately is mine. And you guys are mine, my creation, my earth, my everything like it's mine and he's just waiting to take it back in the sense of he owns it all but now he's waiting for us to come and join him when he takes it back that's what he wants he wants us all to be there yes and it really it makes me think okay what kind what point is that going to be and if we think about noah and the flood and generations being muddied and Basically, the world couldn't end at that point. Life couldn't end because Jesus hadn't been here yet. But now that Jesus has come and the newest covenant has been established, it almost feels to me, especially with like AI happening, that now eventually we'll reach a point almost where humans are mixed with machines, for yeah. lack of a better term. And eventually, once the world hits that point where there are no real humans left which is a crazy thought to think about and there's no you know human mankind left on earth that who knows you know it's it's just it's interesting to think about when that time is going to be and, I mean, and now that man, we're having yes well now that we have Neuralink and <sighs> actually man looking to fuse with machines kind of those beginning stages it's just really crazy to see that it's really scary. And that's why 
we're here doing what we're here doing because we don't control what man is ultimately trying to do because they've already started their journey on this becoming God. And well, as you see, Jesse, exactly that their, their mind is set and Satan knows that he he's got some people in his grasp to, because they truly, that's why I say no matter who I expose on my Instagram, no matter who I, I call or, or, or put on blast or whatever, or call out for perversion, I never wish anybody to go to hell, even the most evil person like the Rockefellers. I, I hope that they can come out no. of their evil perversion because this short time of doing all that evil does not amount to an eternity in hell. And so as a Christian, yes, you can be angry, you can be mad, you can be upset. We have those emotions that God is at these people doing this evil to our not only humanity, but children and stuff and too. And that's, that's ultimately how they're going to break people is with the kids. And they know that too. And so that's why God said, you have to be like a kid or a child to enter the kingdom of God. He wants us to just put off all of this pride and this like stuff that we learn as adults and put it away because we truly don't understand what God's plan is at the end of the day. Like we do, cause he's given us the revelation, but that aspect of faith, he truly does ask us to, to really dig into every single day because it not, it not only gives you that peace and that hope that you don't need to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Even if you die, you're covered. So that's ultimately what we want to do is provide you with that hope that you can be covered under Christ right now today. You don't have to wait for the revelation of the tribulation or this or that or a crazy sign in the sky for you to say, oh, no, I've waited too long. Yeah, if you would wait till that point, you, you're probably too late. Well, and, and you don't have to clean up your life. You don't have to change anything, you know, because that's a mistake. People, well, God wouldn't love me at the way I am right now. No, he died for us when we were still sinners. So there's nothing that you need to do. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, sound mean or anything like that, but you're, you've got, we all get our lives to the certain place without Jesus. And so thinking that we're going to continue and then we're just going to all of a sudden turn and clean up our lives without him is kind of a fallacy. We ask for God right then and there. And he saved, you know, he gives us that gift of salvation. And then the transformation starts. Exactly. You have to have the Holy Spirit inside of you and dwell inside of you. Then you begin to make good choices. You begin to not want to sin. You begin to think deeper on the actions that you choose to engage in, whether you say this or do that. You now are consciously aware. So see, like Taylor said, and like we said earlier, the mystery schools know how to play into psychology and your mindset and so does God. And so you need to choose. If you fill your mind's eye, the consciousness with the Holy Spirit, then you are single. You are now focused on what matters. You are able to discern through all the other false light. And earlier today, and we'll end on it, light is not only something that cures the darkness. Light can be blinding too. If you walk into a room and they just freaking throw on all the flash floodlights you know at the highest lumens your eyelet your eyes cannot have much that much power either so you have to understand that's why satan uses his light to blind you with power is because he's getting you filled up so full 
of of darkness that you actually are blinded by that light and that's you know don't they say too that darkness is kind of blinding like when you walk into a really dark room you're like whoa my eye you know like something your eyes do it's almost feels like your eyes are really strained to try and see that like outline of anything or you know well yeah if it's like the full absence of light yeah you'll 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 eventually go blind exactly so so you can be blinded by light too so remember it's this fine balance of remembering to keep your mind's eye your consciousness your thoughts on god every day and not this perversion crap that they're trying to teach you peace love happiness your god make your choice and that's it well yeah matthew 6 22 the light of the body is the eye and it's interesting right because he doesn't say eyes he says i therefore thine eye be single thy whole body shall be full of light but if thine eye be evil thy whole body shall be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness how great is that darkness yikes and those words are in red that means jesus is telling us be careful what you make your mind's eye full of is it full of light or is it full of darkness and when you understand what we're talking to you about this is the darkness that they tell you is the light and the light and the love is jesus christ and remember that always all right we love you all we we truly are just doing this because we love you and want to show you that light because we see a lot of people walking around in the dark right now and it burdens us because we understand the truth and god has revealed to us through our wanting and searching he he will reveal whatever it is you desire to understand but if you don't use him as the basis and that foundation Mm -hmm. of building that truth that house will be built on something that is not stable and then all of a sudden when you get to building your roof after you've put up all the walls the floor and everything thinking it's stable and good to live in the roof comes crashing down on you the house of cards comes falling down Stop building a house of cards, people. Cards are going to always fall down. Build your house on rock like yeah. every good builder does. Hence why you never will see these major corporations build their buildings on a piece of sand slab. They will always use rock because yeah. it is stable and it is the truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And with that, I think we'll end today. And we'll, uh, like I said, continue on the exposure of Genesis, the mystery schools, and this just mindset that is on the earth right now and how it has truly invaded not just, you know, regular people, but the Christian community. That is what ultimately Watchman Inc. is here to do is to blow the horn for our brothers and sisters in Christ because I see a lot of them. And they truly, they are asleep and we cannot be asleep anymore. We have to wake up and we have to wake up the ones that we love and care about and tell them, hey, earth and life is good, but there's trouble on the horizon. And when you're a watchman at the tower, your job is to blow the horn. Ezekiel 33. Love you all. Thank you so much. And God bless. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. To know the duty of a watchman, please read Ezekiel 33. Join the movement today. Follow on Instagram at Watchman Inc. for more details, content, and community interaction. Links in the description. God bless.